is Drinks with Shrinks, uh, presented by Anderson Family Therapy. I am your host, Peter Anderson. And I am Jessica Pacinas. Yes, we hope that you will come and join us as we sip on a latte or an occasional glass of wine, if it's a little later, while <laughs> we just discuss our weekly observations as therapists. So, Jessica, why don't you introduce yourself, and then I'll introduce me and who you are. (laughs) So, I'm Jessica Pacinas, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I have been in the field now for 10 plus years. Um, Time flies. Wow. Um, And I do a lot of work with individuals, couples, and families across the lifespan, and I want to say I also have done a lot of work in training with trauma, so... I I just love working with people and I'm hoping that we can really get into some of our observations and share them with you. And, you know, so you all know that you're not alone too and what you're experiencing out there. I think that's great. And my name is Peter Anderson as well. Jessica and I are both uh, licensed marriage and family therapists. And uh, I used to work with a lot of kids. Now I don't because I have three of my own. Uh, That's what happens. (laughs) Uh, but now I'm primarily, Jessica and I both are also couples therapists. We're both uh, primarily couples therapists. And on our website, uh, if you go to andersonfamtherapy.com, we now have a uh, Relationship Institute course that all of our listeners are free to access. We try to keep that somewhat affordable by the cost of a session uh, in private pay. Uh, and that's really so that you can just learn particular tactics uh, in marriage counseling. I don't know if you came up with this too, Jessica. I think um, a lot of people get thrown off with couples counseling versus individual counseling because couples counseling is um, you don't have to go deep, deep, deep uh, with, you know, all of those, you know, all of the deep traumas and past necessarily. You really kind of help have to help your couples learn great tactics, you know, and if they could learn those tactics, their marriage can get better so much quicker. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that because one of the things that we're going to talk about today is compromise and what compromise means. But have you found that true too in your own practice that a lot of people have these expectations for couples counseling? Like it has to be so complex. And what I've realized is, no, I just need to get you all to be on the same page and have good conversations. hundred <laughs> percent. It's like, we don't want to take out, you know, the family history book necessarily. Um, but we do. I, I want for couples to feel that they're able to talk with each other because when I'm not around, I want you to be able to go home and actually have a productive conversation and, and really get to the core too of what you both are talking about or trying to say. Cause I think sometimes, um, and actually Peter, I think this comes up in one of your training modules, but the importance of clear communication, because oftentimes we don't talk about what's, what's really wrong or what we're really feeling. And, so definitely tactical. Um, and yes, I agree 100%. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Um, and I and I want it to be more of that space where we just learn learn some tools and how to communicate yeah. in a more effective way. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk about compromise then. I mean, one of the things that I've realized with compromise, uh, it's a big misunderstanding with it. And we'll be primarily today, since Jessica and I are both, uh, you know, we're, we're studying to be Gottman trained therapists, uh, or what is it? Yeah, Gottman certified. We're both Gottman trained, but we're not quite Gottman certified yet. Hopefully we'll be. It's a very intense process. <laughs> but 
Um, what I've often noticed, so, um, is that contempt is the number one reason for divorce. And I think we both know that. And, um, that kind of throws people off and how contempt often occurs is usually when, or at least one way is when a person compromises what's most important for them. So if you're in a relationship rut, it could be you may have reached a point where you have compromised your core needs. You've compromised things that are vital for you and your integrity and your relationship. So a good example of that, if a saver, somebody that's maybe wanting to save money, um, you know, they haven't necessarily uh, stated that to their partner, uh, but they're overly focused on maybe spending because their other partner likes to spend. Um, over time, that person that may be a saver uh, becomes very bitter. And one of the reasons why they become bitter is because they feel like their core need, the thing that's, a, that's most important for them, is uh, being compromised. It's being hijacked in the relationship. And over time, they get upset with their partner because they're like, why won't you notice this wonderful quality? Look at how much I've, quote, sacrificed for this relationship. When the spender, <laughs> after three months or maybe even three years, are kind of like, well, you never told me that. And then this quote, the saver then gets really upset and they're like, you know, um, well, look at all the sacrifices I've made. Um, and then uh, they may become maybe more passive aggressive and they continue in these kind of relation, this kind of like relationship rut. And that I've seen a lot of um, relationships that started out really healthy ended up either ending or almost breaking down because of this habit to compromise your core need. And so what we want to teach you as the listener is not to do that, is actually to state your core need first, and then you can work on what you can be flexible and what, you, um, what you're not willing to be flexible on. Did you want to add anything to, to that? Because, yeah, that's what we want to talk about. No, 100%. And, and along those lines... Definitely what I can do on whatever the issue is and, and also saying what I can't do. Um, so that way you're not giving up too much of yourself. Um, something that's really important that breeds that resentment. And to your point about just how that conflict can escalate over time, um, when there are those fundamental differences, spender versus saver, I think it, it does. It creates this emotional traffic jam. And any time that issue comes up, it, it just can get more um, intense or it just gets locked up in all that friction. And I think when you both are able to clearly talk about, well, what's so important to me about this? And now this might be a space where I find, and Peter, I don't know if you find this, where sometimes a little bit of background can be helpful because it paves the way for a little more compassion and understanding. Um, you know, maybe for the saver, they didn't have a lot of money growing up. Maybe for the spender, they didn't have the freedom um, to be able to do things or a similar background, but just now they're in a better position and they want to, they're proud. It, it's pride to be able to spend. So sometimes background, I feel like can soften the conversation. Um, but really getting into what's important to me. What can I do on this topic and what can I do? 
Yeah, yeah, and I should specify too, uh, not not to emphasize that there's you know background is not important at all. It's more, uh, it's more, it's not as intense as like an individual. I've noticed that with my individual clients, I have to go pretty deep, and you know, with couples, you have to go deep as well. But it's usually like learning certain habits. So, why don't you tell us if you were okay? So if, if uh, John and Sarah are coming in to see you, those are just general names, and and um, uh, John is. Uh, super, um, he's very angry. He's got a real, you know, he's got a quote anger problem. And Sarah really is coming in uh, for couples counseling because she wants us to address John's anger problem. Um, Sarah is uh, very involved in her church. She's really involved in her kids. Um, She's uh, actually, uh, she also works a full-time job. And uh, John is a carpenter. John is, um, you know, he's he's uh, he works about 60, 70 hours a week. He also has a little bit of problem with alcohol and their communication is really poor. And both of them are upset at one another because they feel really bitter that um, they uh, that's what well, John feels better that that Sarah doesn't necessarily um, uh uh, you know, pay attention to them. They don't go on dates. Their sex life is really bad. In fact, they haven't had sex in maybe about two and a half years. Sarah's really upset with John because um, she feels like he's uh, a workaholic, um, that, he, that he doesn't spend time with his kids. He's really short with his with their children. Um, he tends to sleep downstairs. Uh, and so already you start noticing um, that they start arguing pretty intensely over the paint that's in the bathroom, um, you know. So that's a, probably a good assessment for me. It's like, okay, they're not really. We need to maybe work on compromise here. So, um, how would you know what? Where would you go with these two if they're they're just really arguing pretty intensely about the paint over the bathroom, which is usually what happens when the other person feels like their core need has been um, invalidated. So, what is a core like? How would you help them assess their core needs? What 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 might you do to kind of help Sarah and John get to the place where they could communicate a little bit better? I know I'm interviewing you, and I should probably let you interview me. Too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Won't put you on the spot. So, I think we're both going to kind of talk about that. Yeah. What about you? And then I'll tell you what I think I would do. And what, what what's your take on that? No, I. It's so true. Um, where it's not about the pain, right? It's everything that paint symbolizes and and represents um, in the in their relationship. And so I think one starting there, what what does that represent to you? What what are you really upset about here? You know, at the core of it all, what what's what's being blocked for you? Um, what are you really longing for? And and following that path, and maybe we arrive at what does it mean to prioritize one another in the relationship, or what do we need to feel heard or important? Um, what do we need to feel connected? So I think sometimes when you follow that road of what what does that represent? What what are you really longing for, yearning for? Then you get into that deeper level of okay, this is about connection. This is about priority. This is about understanding and and being heard and then that's the issue where i would encourage couples then to explore not just what that looks like but the compromise of it all you know what do we need and given each of their positions that they can discuss on that and where can we be flexible with one or one another to accommodate our partner's position 
Yeah, I like that. Well, and also the thing with compromise, it throws a lot of people off. So let's just kind of, you know, tell our listeners. So what we're really trying to say to you is it's kind of, um, it's somewhat counterintuitive in the way we naturally think. Whenever we think of compromise, we do immediately think, oh, I've got to be flexible. And what I often tell couples and what I often tell people, actually, I want you to think of the thing that you're not flexible on. You know, what's the, what are your bones? What's like you're not willing to compromise on? For, so, for, so for John, it could be intimacy. I cannot compromise on intimacy anymore. And maybe he's never really communicated that to Sarah. For Sarah, it might be family time. You know, but what they end up doing, John ends up focusing too much on work because he thinks that, you know, Sarah needs the money. Right. Um, You know, and um, because she's the one that's, quote, taking care of the kids or whatever. And he's becoming really bitter over time and he's making all these sacrifices. Sarah's becoming bitter because she's also overly compromising. She's not stating what her core need is. And she's doing a lot of things like, you know, spending maybe way too much time with kids. She's not willing to get a babysitter mainly because she feels like, you know, John's problem with work is that she feels like she has to put in um, 150%. So she's not stating her core needs. So what I often tell couples, think of the thing that you cannot, you, you're not willing to compromise on. And so couples get really kind of thrown off on that because they're like, well, wait, um, number one, I think many of us have a real problem stating needs because we feel really selfish. Like if I go to Bethany, my partner, hey, I need you to do this. It almost, I have a part of me that feels like I'm being too demanding. Um, And I often say to couples, it's the opposite that actually happens. Like when you state your core need, what ends up going on is that you actually end up becoming a whole lot less demanding. So that couple that wants to be, you know, they're focusing way too much on the paint. The reason why we're doing that, the reason why they're doing that is because if they could just kind of like, state in the beginning, hey, this is the most important thing for for me. This is the most important thing for me. What ends up happening is you're a lot lot more flexible. Um, And I've noticed this with like work relationships too. I don't know if your experience of this has been, um, although I know you've had some, we both had poor work experiences, Uh, (laughs) but we won't name the companies (laughs) on this podcast. But one of the things I've noticed is like even with companies or churches you're a part of, whenever like organizations are overly focused on pleasing everybody, um, those are the most like demanding organizations I've ever worked for. But organizations that are like, nope, this is our vision. We're not compromising on our vision. Gosh, those are like the most compassionate organizations I've ever worked for. So. You know, one of the things, you know, that we would want to really tell your, you know, your, our listeners that if you and your partner are having a hard time communicating, it could be that you haven't stated what your core need is. Um, and you really want to look at that. You want to, and you want to, you want to be real clear on that. So I don't know if you wanted to add anything on that and how you help people, you know, be clear. And cause that's, that's, uh, do, you, do you see that as well? Like people have a hard time stating their needs and anyway. Definitely. Yeah. And, and. Definitely, because I think, too, we get in the habit of talking about the things we don't need. So, you know, I don't want you to um, spend spend as much time with the kids or, you know, I don't want you to spend X amount of time at work. And when we do present our needs in that way, it doesn't really give our partner a, a launching pad to to take action. 
it it kind of leaves them being like, okay, so so what do you need from me? What what do you want? And so I think when you're expressing core needs, it's also really important to think about the positive need to think about what it is that I am looking for, right? What's what's something my partner can do right now that would actually help me? And what do I want more of? So that type of framework. And and coming back to the paint for for a moment, I think too what can happen is, like you were saying, Peter, it, we resentment builds over time. And so when we don't express those core needs, then it does become about the pain. It's like that jar that gets so full and it's just teeming over. And it's then that little thing that rep- represents it all. So I think the more we can express those needs on a regular basis, the things we need more of and be really clear, you know, I need to spend more time with you during the week. You know, I need for us all to share in activities as a family. Now we're laying out a larger discussion about, okay, I can do this with the kids this week and you, or, you know, I have a vacation day in there and, you know, I can use that. Um, so I, just some examples of what that might look like. So I don't know. Is that how you present it, Peter? What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. I mean, you're bringing us some really good points. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do. I think, I think it just takes a while, not just to for for both of these people to really state what their core needs are, and so, you know, a core need sometimes takes a while. Um, it could take a week. It could take two weeks. It's, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not really whether or not they solve a problem. It's whether or not they really understand each other. Um, and when I say understand each other, respect each other's differences. You know, it's like, okay, going back on, you know, um, this couple, it's really important that he state what's the most important thing for him. And not just state it, but also feel like his partner really respects that core need as well. So I think it's there, there are two things. You want to make sure that you're being clear in your core need. And also you communicate a sense of openness and respect to your partner, but also that you receive that openness and respect. And once you're there, once you're there, then you all can often talk about, okay, well, what color do we really want? I mean, you're saying blue, I'm saying pink. Um, I know you had a logo image earlier that had all these cute little flowers. I have something that looks maybe too masculine. Jessica and I right now are trying to figure out our logo. <laughs> all right. And so, Jessica, yeah, what's your core? What's your core need? What's my core need? We're gonna reach a middle here. So, um, you sent me a lovely logo, but it had cute, beautiful little purple flowers and everything. And I was like, I think that might be a little quote too girly for me. And then, anyway. So, but going back. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, at that, if we could both, res- you know, going back on that couple, you want to state not just your core need clearly, but also that sense of respect. I just found that couples want to rush to problem solving. And, yes. I, I, you know, y'all don't have to do that. Problem solve. I will say this. Um, I've never seen a couple get better because they're better problem solvers, um, you know, at the end of the day. And, yep, that's what a lot of people focus on. If, if you know, and I think that's why we often believe the myth, oh, we don't have anything in common. Well, you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter as much as, um, like, does your partner get you? And not just get you, but also accept the influence that you may have in your life. So 
Um, I know our, I, we want to make this podcast uh, within 20, 25 minutes, so we like to just make it short because we know a lot of you are on the road, and um, we want to have you just give you, give you tools. Uh, so one of the things that we want to say is if you want to compromise, state your core need. If you're, having, if you're in a relationship rut, try to state it and then receive influence from your partner. Not influence, but um, make sure that your partner respects those core needs as well. What would what advice would you give as we as you know as we uh, tell our listeners um, as you know what would you tell them yeah. on this issue? I would say similar, you know, stating what you need more of, but also trying to lead with understanding and in compassion. So recognizing that you both are are different people, and it's not about you know, us having the same exact values or positions on something, it's more can we understand where the other person is coming from and what can I do to show and convey my respect for that piece in some way, even if it's not all of it, but a part of it. Um, So just that idea of what am I willing to do, that willingness. That was a roundabout way. So (laughs) willingness. I love that. that That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, yeah. So, so this is, this is going to hopefully be a weekly or by, you know, every two weeks. Um, we just want to talk about, um, things that Jessica and I both see in our own practice. We want to help all of you listeners. We also would love to hear from you. Uh, please send us an email at andersonfamtherapy at gmail.com. Please check out our courses. Again, we just really um, have made that. We've designed these courses. We put a lot of time and effort uh, really for you, uh, for, for, for all of the listeners. We know that the wait lists out there for couples therapists are huge, sometimes six months long. Um, we both have wait lists. Uh, COVID did a number on a lot of couples. And if you could just learn basic tactics, again, you would see vast improvement in your relationship. Did you want to say anything to on how they, um, how they can get in touch with you or I guess, well, we both, we both worked at Anderson family therapy. So, (laughs) but we would love to hear from you. Anything you wanted to say? (laughs) No, definitely. I I would love to hear what people want to hear more about. Um, So that way we can make a point to circle back and, and to touch on those things. Um, Because, you know, it it did. There's, Mm -hmm. I think people, um, there's a, lot more people are experiencing, especially now living for for a longer time, you know, indoors, not being able to go out. And that surfaces a lot of things, a lot of dynamics. And so we want to hear from you. We want to make sure this fits all of you too. Awesome. Well, thank you again for listening to Drinks with Shrinks. Um, we will continue to drink coffee in the morning. And if we ever have this, what is it, after one? When do you start drinking wine? <laughs> Little ones asleep. Um. Oh, okay, that's true. I had wine. I, I think we, I had you and Hadar. We all, yes, um, yeah. We went to the Endo, um, which is a local little pub, and I think y'all had half of half a glass of wine. And I think um, you get yeah. So so yeah. Maybe we'll have a, um, a very non- <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm in my pumpkin spice. I'm in my half plate. Yeah, we'll keep with the coffee. All right, at least for a little while. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thank you for listening with uh, to Drinks with Shrinks and uh, presented by Anderson Family Therapy. We hope you join us again, and we will see you hopefully next week. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you.